Um, so I generally read and I start with this song. And have you ever heard? Have you ever heard the podcast? Reads in my podcast. Not the full thing. What oh. song is it? Oh, well, I'm gonna sing it to you alone, and then read later can sing it, and maybe read you can just sing the harmony. <clears throat> oh, it feels so sad to sing it alone, so I'm not gonna do it. Okay, ladies, gentlemen, and other, I'm here with Peter Smith, who plays Peter Pan in Peter Pan that we're doing at Bard College. Um, and we're currently in our dressing room after doing a Wednesday matinee. That's correct. And uh, we both look amazing. Our eyeliner's still pretty on. Uh, for the folks at home, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. my eyeliner is fully on. Is it? Well, I mean, your left eye is off, but the right eye, don't touch it with that. Just leave it. I think it's in, I'm into it. I'll leave it. I think you should leave it. I think it's good. It's been like this for a month straight, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, I feel like I attempt to kind of take the makeup off and then I don't care and I'm ready to go and just leave and go home and rest and come back. It's hard to take the mask off. It is. When both masks are called Peter. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. It's true. Both both uh, things that you're living under right now both are, personas called, are, are called Peter. Um, okay, we just finished this matinee, so we're we're getting ourselves together to we're having some water. That's for those of you who like ASMR, and um, I I'm going to start by I want to do a little background check for people who maybe don't know you. If you don't know Peter and you listen to the podcast and you follow me on Instagram, I feel you'd know Peter now because I I do stories about you a fair amount. You've become a kind of muse for me. Wow. Um, well, you're powerful. Well, we spend <laughs> a lot of time together. We do. We spend a lot of time together and we've gone through a lot mm -hmm. in the last couple of months. And... When in the first week of rehearsal, I interviewed Aaron. So here we are in okay. the last week of the show with Peter. And the three of us, I feel, have really, um, what would you say? What would you, how would you describe the three of us uh, together for the last couple of months? We've uh, worked together in a, in a powerful <laughs> capacity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I'll start with that. Start with that. Mm -hmm. Start with that. Okay. It's only like, what, four minutes in? I, we're only four minutes in. But now we're going to do a little background check, which oh, right. is you grew up where? I was born in Chicago, Illinois. And, but you left there at? Left there for Montana. At what age? Uh, we've been spending an incredible amount of time there since I was born. Wait. So they live in Chicago and Montana. No, they live in Montana now. Okay. So, but when Full did you move? Full-time move. Uh, I basically didn't go home to Chicago during college. So you would go back and forth between Montana and Chicago a lot. Yeah. Why? My parents loved it. They loved Montana. They loved Montana. Where they in Montana? Do, they love it now. And where do they live in Montana? Bozeman. And is that where you, is there, is there a childhood home there? Um, we were, we would rent houses. 
rent houses. So there were there are a few. There was one called I called it the upside down house because the kitchen was on the top floor. Ah. And the bedrooms were on the bottom floor and in our house uh yeah, that was like, you know, not like other houses I had been in. I don't think I've ever been in a house where the kitchen is on the top floor. It was like you walk upstairs to the kitchen and then the Was that the only thing on the top floor? Yeah, it was like kitchen and television. It was small. But then there also was a hot tub inside on the ground floor. So you'd come in through the front door. It was like a scary room with a hot tub in it. So you'd come in the front door and there was a hot tub there. There was a hot tub behind like a, um, you know, cardboard door, basically. And that's all that was in that room? Yeah. I'm kind of into this house so far. It's a... It sounds like a flop house. It It sounds... on a back road in Montana. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Was there like a ranch around it or anything? There was a lot of land around it, yeah. So you were between Chicago and nature then? Like between a city... And were you in Chicago proper or were you in the suburbs? No, no, suburbs. Which one? A shitty one called Hinsdale. But you didn't go to New Trier. No, no, no. That was for the rich, rich people. It's true. Yeah, all the rich people went there. Yeah, and like, like rich and like performance queens. Like they I have three so. theaters. Yeah. I think. Even though I was a state champion poetry reader. What what um, was the poem that you read? It was Emily Dickinson. <laughs> no, it was I don't even remember his name. He's a. Uh... Walt Whitman. No. A man, he's like though. A, he was a contemporary poet who wrote poems that were like a contemporary made for poet. Like he's still high alive. School, high schoolers to perform, basically. I wow. think so. I was, I was like thinking it'd be like W.H. Auden or maybe like a William no, Carlos no, no, Williams. No. But it, instead, it's someone who no. I probably never even it heard It was of. like I was playing a teacher, like a high school teacher. Uh huh. Who was like talking about my students, and then one of my students had um, got cancer, and what? Whole, this is in the poem. Yeah, and then the whole class. I had the whole class shave everyone's head in solidarity. Uh-huh. It's like that. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. This yeah. didn't happen. But right, right. What a sweet poem. Uh, do you remember any of it? Um. No. Uh. There was one part where the j- the joke was in the line something about pen is like it was a penis joke in the way it was written. So like, but you don't remember that line? No, but there was something like pen is penis penis. There was something with it. And after all, penis penis. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's it! That and that no it. Zero memory oh. of it. Um, how oh, it said there was a line that said, Oh, good, goes, good. I'm really a teacher, this. this is what I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I am 17 years old and cannot relate to any of this. But did you feel like you related to it? Yeah. Because like when I was six, I related to oh, Joan yeah. Collins oh, and Dynasty. Absolutely. I mean, I was like, I get it. I've been it, divorced three times. this wasn't Joan Collins Dynasty. This was like... Uh, you know, straight um, English. I know what was going on there. What was going on there for you? Sexuality-wise, just I don't care about that. I care about relating to a, a straight male well, teacher narrative. The male teacher, high school teacher, uh-huh. is you know any teacher is like a sexless 
in terms of the relationship with the students. I would certainly hope so. Right. That's so that would my, be my hope. the only experience yeah. I had. Except right. for like my teacher in third grade who I was like, Whoa, your boobs, I can see them through your shirt. Hubba hubba. Wow. Really? Wow, wow. Yeah. And you thought it was hot. Yeah, I was like, I should not be seeing this. I should not be. Huh. I was like, I know that I should not be looking at this the way I'm looking at it. Third grade, third grade. I wasn't attracted to any of my teachers in third grade. I think I had be I had a be I wanted to say a biology teacher. <laughs> a biology. I had a biology uh, professor um, at my école. Um, <laughs> at my école. <laughs> uh, who in high school, who I thought he was kind of hot. Um, and he, this is before I went to Interlochen, and he hit my car, like I was pulling out of the parking lot and he came zooming around in the parking lot and slammed into my car and like smashed windows out of it. He hit it so hard and he had to pay for all of it because he was like totally like they came and like looked at how fat, like you could tell the speed and angle he was going. And there was something kind of hot about that to me. And then I think I That's saw- That's a very adult experience. Yeah, well, I've- Then you got my, rear-ended. My child, well, I could see, he hit me head on, so I could see his face while he did it, which was all kind of, <laughs> and then I saw Crash. Not that horrible movie that takes place in LA, but the one where they like to get in car accidents and have sex. I have not seen With that. Holly Hunter. And James Spader. They like to get in accidents. And have they sex. like to get into these. They like to get in accidents and have sex. Like it turns them on. It's a David Cronenberg film. Oh. It's, and I saw it in high school. There was this boy I had a crush on named Conrad Lum, and he really liked that movie. So I watched it on a break, and I was like, maybe, maybe this will mean something. It didn't, you know. It didn't end up meaning anything actually for the two of us. If you can relate to that story. <laughs> That narrative is lost on me. Is it? Is it? <laughs> no. No, no. I know it's not. We, no, it's not. We've both played Ophelia <laughs> in, our, in our lives. Um, okay, wait. So high school, what have you. Were you bullied growing up? Yeah. You were? But then I also bullied people. Well, okay. As a response to insecurity, et cetera, et cetera. But didn't you feel that bullying came as a defense mechanism so that you wouldn't be bullied? I mean, when I became... The people I was bullying didn't deserve to be bullied. I just oh. needed to emotionally do... I was just treating friends poorly. Did you ever reach out to them later to say... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're still, yeah. It was like a... It was a... I am... Sorry, I... Was sorry, I was an asshole. Yeah, like I yeah. was cruel. But then other... Uh -huh. Yeah, people, middle school is cruel. Rule. Yeah, I don't, I really, I only attacked the people who had attacked me once I, oh, see, I figured out how to do it. Because I was getting called, I was getting called, you know, gay, all of it. But right. the, I didn't have the language to be like, I'm dealing with something else here. Mm. And so what you're talking about isn't even relevant right now. Like, I'm mm. not even looking to make out with dudes in middle school. I'm right. looking to cope with my body and wanting to walk on the women's side of Gap and right. get like a little, you know, khaki skirt. Right. But like, why? So I don't, like, this bullying is wrong, even though it's internalized. Did, when you were a child, did, I mean, when I was a child, I was mistaken a lot for a girl. In oh, earnest. I, was, I had a buzzed head the whole time. 
Oh, my mother didn't want anyone to cut my hair. So I had this long, Beautiful. I had like auburn curls yeah. and <laughs> so looks. Dumpful. And yes, was definitely looked just like Elizabeth Taylor as a child. <laughs> and people thought I was a girl, which I loved because I was like, yeah. I relate to that narrative. Right. That, and then my bullying really began when I told people I was half boy, half girl. And they were like, the fuck? And I was like, well. Where was that? I Wisconsin? Am. Oh yeah, in rural Wisconsin. And they were like, you're Ova. And I was like, it's my truth. And you know, still to this day, I relate more to a female narrative. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, I think my work speaks for, speaks for itself. Um, and Isn't then that nice to know? That my work speaks for that? Well, just that you know it. Yeah, I mean, and it was different for me too. I mean, I felt I had a, an older sister who was a lesbian, so I was being able to be given uh, language around. Uh, I mean, I remember going over misogyny and feminism, and you know these things when I was in grade school with my sister, and in what ways we talk about female bodies, male bodies, and then sexual orientation, and then where does that all blur, and where do categories end? Like, what, why categories? I had so I was very lucky like that. But I did have a lot of drag movies and content. And your favorite was? I and I answer. performed drag in fifth grade. What? Have you seen that video? Uh, no, and I'm, we'll have to find it and put it on our Instagram when this story comes it's out. On what YouTube. Was, what was it? I did for my fifth grade talent show, I Will Survive, in a full blonde wig. Heaven. Big. I was like curvy then, so. I, you were curvy? What does that mean? Girl. You were? Yeah, oh yeah. I can't. I mean, you're such a Linda Evangelista, lanky, like uh, tall, Thomas Wintone. I hadn't grown yet. Right, right. And I was at the breaking point of like, why am I confused? I'm just gonna eat these Oreos and have a great mm. time. You know? Mm. Um, and... So yeah, you so did I, I Will I Survive, yeah. which speaks for itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and your work speaks for itself. Yeah. And you, you were in full drag. And, and I did, closed the show. Of the, of the fifth grade talent show. Mm -hmm. Were you picked on from that? No, because at that point, everyone met, it was fifth grade, so we had been together since like pre-learning, you know, or like pre, mm -hmm. so at that point it was like the world was, I knew that I had watched enough movies where like this, I had been told that this type of performance, like, you know, oh, people aren't happy, you can't do this. In Tuong Fu, the town, they can't tell anyone this, blah, blah, blah. Right, right, right. So, like, I had... Because you had seen Tuong Fu at, like, what, third grade? Oh, I saw Tuong Fu in, like, kindergarten. Kindergarten, yeah. Maybe. What? When did it come You out? could not have seen Tuong Fu oh, in I kindergarten. Oh, I did. Because I Who had... let you see that? My... Thank God for my... I don't know if she's out now, but assuredly. Major lesbian babysitter uh -huh. with her friend Patty uh -huh. who would come over all the time uh -huh. um, when did Tuong Fu come out? I don't know how we got her I don't know like but you saw it and you were a little child I should child, call her and ask and how you it thought... got into my hands because it was like okay I have we have American like it's all wrapped up into one gorgeous movie 
I also really feel With that... actors playing against type, which is my favorite. Right, right. 95. And... So yeah, middle, um, kindergarten. Incredible. So you saw... Well, it came out in 95, so that means it was on... Yeah, like 96. Like VHS. Did we even have DVDs then? Yeah, I think we no, still had VHS still. Because mm-hmm. um, I had to rewind it. I loved rewinding films. That was really big. I would come home from school. I would take off all of my clothes, put on a gigantic tie-dye t-shirt, uh-huh. and or Mr. Bubble t-shirt. I had like this mm. Mr. Bubble brand t-shirt size 4XL mm. that I then would put on and just sit in front of the TV and watch Tuong Fu. Mrs. Doubtfire, which is all problematic, right. but Mrs. Doubtfire and Sound Like It Hot and Rocky Horror. Just back to back. Mrs. Doubtfire, Tuong Fu, yeah, some, yeah all. I can I'm really get with all of them except Mrs. Doubtfire still. It, I, it spooks me out. It's, 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 it's not good. It's too... Especially because my mom looked like, I mean, she still has a Sally Field-ness to her, but at that point, my mom's age and Sally Field's age and styling was kind of at a meeting point. Mm-hmm. So at the end when like, no, you don't wear women's clothes and right. peanuts because Sally Field will have a panic attack in this right. fancy restaurant. I see, I see. Uh-huh. In front of everyone in that. That's how you internalize that. Shame, 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 but then thank God you also had Tu Wang Fu, which was... And I don't even know if I internalized it, but I just was shown, you know, Tu Wang Fu is celebratory. Who's your favorite character in Tu Wang Fu? You know I did a commercial with Patrick Swayze, and we've discussed yes, this. Yes, we've discussed I mean, this. I... Patrick Swayze is doing... They're all doing amazing work. John Leguizamo is a talent, uh-huh. undoubtedly. Wesley Snipes turns... I have to say, Wesley Snipes really walks away with the film for me. Like, it's really... Uh, it's a real, like... I'm, you know, I'm telling you, I think... What, like Parker, Wesley Snipes went to purchase. Went to SUNY, I think so. Um, yeah, she really walked away with it for me. She's, uh, she has a growy toss. Yeah. Well, she's also, there's something just, it really draws me in. Though I do love Mia Patrick Swayze. When I was a child, I would wear, my mother was totally happy for me to wear her high heel shoes and her dresses yeah, and all I of that. Too. I vid- lots of video footage of me. At you were in a time of video. My parents didn't even want there to be like a photo of that, really. And my dad documented it all. Weird. I don't know why. I don't know either, because it's not really their. Well, they're supportive of you. Yeah. Yeah. They're supportive of. Well, they. I did. I haven't asked him why he filmed it, because there's like a lot of. I don't know. I think I was like, I probably was like, get the camera. And they were like, we'll do it. And I would always want to play with the camera. Your parent, did your parents ever say like, it's going to be hard if you go this way and like, <laughs> no, 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 no. if you make, if there you was no, do this, gonna, if, there you, was if you want to be like this, it's going to be too hard on you. Da 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 da. No, 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 no. Interesting. Because I wasn't, I don't know. That There was like a point I, with my multiple therapists trying to track down what like point when like language became such when there was too much language when too much language to make things confusing does that make sense yes like in elementary school me doing drag in the fifth grade talent show was just to the point of like i know 
what this is, and I can do a great drag performance, I'm not yet aware of whatever my privilege in the current situation right. on top of right. what other stakes are happening, right. Laramie Project, etc. Right. right, right. Well, and also I, the whole language or around... I wasn't even like horny, really. I mean, I was horny, but I wasn't like, why am I obsessed with this male form? Well, in the lang- I think the language too around even how we were it it's there wasn't transparent. I mean, there wasn't yeah, there was Rocky Horror right, exactly, which, which so confusing. Which well, yeah, considering the language that we would use now, I mean, I think it's made by a non-binary trans person. I'll have you know. No, I just forgot his name. Forgot her name. Forgot their name. P- pronouns. Right, Richard O'Brien. Who plays Riff Raff in that? Who made it? Oh. Yeah. And when... I don't know what pronouns they use. I I don't know either. And I don't think I knew that about that history of it. Mm -hmm. Because Rocky Horror never stuck for me. Sorry to say. It just... I saw it and I was like, it's okay. But it didn't really do it for me. I overheard my dad Which is weird. You would think I'd love it. Right. Strange. Maybe I should watch it again. If... I overheard my... I was at a party and I was... My parents had a party. And I would always just like walk around and like pick up the empty cans and bottles or whatever. And I overheard my dad say, like the end of a conversation, something. It was like, we have Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, I love that movie. Wow. And the weirdest thing I keep being like, wow, is, and we can cut this if you want to cut this, is your parents are Republican. Yeah. And so it's this... That's my confusion as well. It's, and then whilst he said that, Annie Lennox was... Diva was playing. Medusa were never playing on the... I mean, the your dad is throwing me for a loop-de-loop. Yeah. And, you know, I met them. I met them a couple of days ago and what have you. And I was shook mm-hmm. to discover that they were Republicans. And what have they said? By, have you guys ta- Do you guys talk at all about... Like, did you guys... Were you, did you say, like... So Helsinki, did you? Did you? And no, so, not anymore. There was a uh-huh. long back and forth of like, you know, you ruined everything. You said that to them. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, in terms of like the, our relationship. Yes. You know, like, yeah. hope you know this. You need to know this. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. Um, but they are, they just aren't, they're just clueless. Again, they live in the middle of Montana. Uh-huh. And they don't have a wider scope. Of, of empathy. Of empathy or yeah. like repercussions of behavior because yeah. really all they have to worry about is like, don't go on the neighbor's lawn or you'll get shot. Just stay where you are. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, I do because I grew up in that. Yeah. Shit. And, yeah, it's this, you know, it's this thing of, I mean, I, I don't have it twisted about, but, like, it's America, capitalism prevails, and greed's everywhere, but it's the evilness yeah. of the Republican Party as it is now. That is, um, like, it's just, it's transcendent. Mm-hmm. So, to hear, you know, someone be like, oh, yeah, Republican, I love my trans child, you know, you're like... What the fuck? Yeah. Like, you you literally... But you are supporting someone who's like, get rid of them now! You know, it's so... 
um, shattering, dissociating. Yeah. You know, it's a real, it's a lot going on. I don't talk to them very much. Yeah, it's probably for the best. Yeah. Um, they know that they did it wrong, wrong, wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As they should. As they, truly. And it's really, um, I mean, they're lucky that you speak to them at all. As exactly. I say to... And they uh, know that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and they clearly adore you. That was, that was very clear. And they were very sweet to me, but I was still like, excuse me. Je confuse. Je confused. They love, I mean, yeah, my dad listened. He like loves Kate Bush. What? Like the pretenders loves, uh, loves a strong female lead. So he's gonna... I think like she's me. in there. Do you know what I mean? She's in there. With your sure. dad? Like, she's in there. She took us on, when I say she, I mean my father. Yeah, she but we're going to switch her over to she right now. Because yeah. I believe that she's inside there. There's and, like, whatever sort of hateful, patriarchal, like, violent juggernaut thing that's taken yeah, over. I grew up in, like, the archdiocese of Horror. Side Chicago. Horror. It was like beat up a lot. Was probably was like abused. Endless. Oh yeah, that also right. is definitely in there. Yeah, that yeah, hasn't yeah. Been yeah. uncovered. Yeah, but we went to my sister. Um, worked, lived and worked and lived in Berlin, and there was a Thanksgiving that was like, as a as your Christmas present, we're all going to go to Berlin, Berlin to visit your sister. Uh huh. And who had just had a baby was about to give birth. But we went there, and one of the days of like the three, four days we were there, he was like, we are going, taking us all on a David Bowie tour of Berlin. My jaw dropped right into my pelvis. Like, okay. Uh-huh. He was like, we're going to go to like, I found out where he used to hang out, and like, you know, we're going to go there and like walk around and like see whatever. So, I mean. It's just like, you know gaslighting and then (laughs) and then we ended up at like this famous gay bar that he would hang out at excuse me and then our Christmas picture that year was taken in that gay bar with like a picture of David Bowie behind us and I was like if everyone knew the context of this picture wow I'd be very confused wow Mm -hmm. I mean it's so I'm grateful for experiences like that. Yeah. And for really the music selection that he played as a child. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because, and I said this to you last night, I I have felt surprised by your breadth of not Like, when I made a no-no Nanette reference, <laughs> and you knew no-no Nanette, I was... No, no, Sup- I was. Bum, 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 bum. I was really surprised, and it's really like it's so. I mean, it's a deep pleasure for me to be with, uh, you know, a queen. You can talk through books and like old films. I mean, ultimately, and Rita said this before that you know my time was really to be like uh, a Hollywood actress during like. MGM, like a contract yeah, Hollywood. I was meant to be a studio. Where you're taken care of. Right, right, right. right. Apps where I'm like doing those down. things, and you yeah. know, it's and I wrap. You're like, okay, I'll walk over. You're in the, you're doing the job. It's work. I mean, one of the first things that ever got written about me in the New York Times was that I had looked like Betty Davis, and it was like, well, you know, it's I, I at that I was time called impish. I, I, you were called impish. Mm-hmm. Wait, what were you called impish in? In that's the New York Times. 
Oh, and the review we just got, you're called Impish, which is, wait, how tall are you for our listeners? I tell casting directors different things. Do you go up for casting directors down. or low? You go down. Mm-hmm. Do you know who goes down on their IMDb and it's not true? And I've met her and I can say this and it's okay now. Sigourney Weaver is says, tall. Sigourney Weaver is six feet tall. I've met her. It's true. But I'm pretty sure it says like 5'10", 5'11". But no. No, no, Nanette. I tell people I'm six foot, but I'm pretty sure I'm six three, maybe. You are so tall. And Reed was surprised because when he saw you in the hallway, you know, you are, you're a tall drink of woman. <laughs> it's really... A tall drink of woman water. Yeah. yeah it's really incredible. And That's when what you, Heather said to me. Her mom said that, actually. Heather, our ASM. Mm-hmm. That you're a tall drink of woman water? No, not water. Just water. Because <laughs> I, I would have the water, lived. The water was not gendered. Well, but, well right and also, I, it was actually right before I went on stage, and I was like, "Thank you. That's exactly what I needed to hear right yeah. before I went on stage." Yeah, yeah. Well, you do look stunning. Since this is called "What's Going on with Dance and Stuff," oh, let's let me quickly ask this question, then we'll get into you know what we we're talking about. Where did you have dance training? How did you pick it up? Because you're good. Thank you. You're good. Um, the only... What have I done? You're going to kind of be like Nomi Malone, maybe, in this section. For those of you who don't know that show, girls, watch it. I have done, in terms of training, uh-huh. I've taken a few absolute beginner ballet classes at Alvin Ailey. Uh-huh. Two of them. Uh-huh. And enough. I took a buto weekend workshop. <laughs> I don't believe you. Wait, that's it? But you did musicals, right? Were you a musical theater kid? No. I, wa- I like listened you can, to them, but so I, you can didn't sing. Sing. I didn't sing until a few years ago. Are you serious? I was in Scrooge in eighth grade, and I did some musicals, but it wasn't like... Listeners, I, we just did this cabaret thing last night, and you'll, uh, you can go over to Peter's page or my page. I'll, we'll, there'll be some posts of both of us singing, mm-hmm. and your voice was beautiful. That's, thank you. I, it really, I was like, listen to her, and then, um, you know, and I also sounded good, and... Uh, <laughs> so it felt like, you know, musical. So I assumed I that person. you Not had been in musical theater stuff as a kid. No, it was that, there was something, there was some shame around my voice. I don't know what it was. I think also I attach singing with gender and sex. Well, I mean, it's, there's certain keys exactly. and it's, you know, Unless and, and then, the narrative going along with who's saying it, right? And then if you're if a male is singing high, you're it's not like you're called soprano; you're called a countertenor. Right. So it is you are correct, and that it's gendered in the way that old things are. Um, I said old, but it also could have sounded like all, which you know, there you go. Uh, well, you have a great voice, and you can dance. So maybe musicals will be. My future. Coming up. I, coming up the pike. Would you want to do, do a musical? Them. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, we've done... That's so hard. I, by the time we will have finished this show, we will have done like 2,800 performances. Mm-hmm. Have, you know what I... Would you want to do a musical that ran long? Because musicals run longer than this. I would like to. I would need to change... My My life. behavior. Oh. Uh-huh. And how I treat my body. Mm-hmm. 
which I'm working on during this. Because um, I'm used to the one night only affairs where post show. When did you come to? There's nothing left for me, and so it's over. You know what I mean. Well, when you moved to New York, you I we, I asked this kind of on, of you on the first day, but you went to school. You ultimately went to college for journalism, mm-hmm. and which I could still see you doing. You're definitely a news anchoress. Yeah, I always have and a question. You do. And a pad and pen. Yeah. Well, and you also always have a comment, and yeah. you're quick with a quip. Um, I'm working on that. Well, you, I, I certainly find you... Not hard, though. No, I'm not actively working on it. N- I mean, I don't even know how one works on it. I think you just hang out with people who are, and then you, you have to keep, keep up. up. Exactly. Exactly. you got to know how to compete and win. <laughs> um, so, uh, you did journalism school, and then you were like, I'll move to New York? Yeah, and then I uh, worked for a painter. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then I worked in... How did you meet that movie painter? production. I went to theater camp. I don't know what that means. S- yes, you do. You invented it. <laughs> Stage Door Manor. Have you heard of that in the Catskills of New York? It's a theater camp. It's a theater camp? Mm-hmm. It's called Stage Door Manor. Stage. Have you seen the movie Camp? I didn't. It's based off of that camp. Okay. Should I see that movie? Yeah, you okay. should. Definitely All right. should. Alright. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Yeah, it's... I went to Interlochen Arts Camp. You would have thought I would have seen camp, that camp. No, but Interlochen Arts Camp is so like... I don't know why I didn't go to Interlochen. It was closer to my house. I don't know why I didn't go to Interlochen either. Because Interlochen is made for people just like you. There was a girl that went there in my... I think there was in my high school. Mm-hmm. But that The only experience with that name, hearing about it, was mm-hmm. with a gal mm-hmm. who I didn't vibe with. I was like, your musical theater is not my musical theater, and thus Interlochen is not my musical theater. Well, Interlochen... Because I'm ride or die. Whatever you do and I don't trust you, then whatever you do is uh, not for me. I mean, but like, it's, it's 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 like going to a conservatory, so it's going to be all brands of people looking to compete and win. Right. I mean, I didn't, I'm not much of a compete and win type person. Well... I'm more of a long con. I think Interlochen can work out for that too. I mean, well, I'll go there. I mean, it's after this. I, maybe you can post grad is what we would do. Like if the kids didn't want to graduate after their senior year, they could post grad at Interlochen and just come back. You come back like for like a second senior year, basically. It's what students would do if like they didn't get into Juilliard and Carnegie Mellon. You know, they'd be like, well, I don't want to go to wherever. Juilliard. I auditioned did for I Juilliard. There? You did. Yeah, I didn't get in, obviously. It was one of the worst auditions of my life. It was so incredible. It was... I don't... You have to pay to audition. You do? I don't think you did when I was a child, but, um... Pay to play. I was so angry in the audition. I was so furious. I... With Michael Kahn, like, he just... He was, he was running the school at the time, and he was snarky to me, and I was like, uh, who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> and it was really... <laughs> it, you didn't know. It really blowed up. Which I was like, I don't care, you know, slamming out of there. Um, and it all worked out, quite frankly. Um, so, wait, and then you went, you came to New York and you were like, I'm going to work for this painter because you met the painter at a theater camp? This makes no sense. The backtrack, Uh I went to this theater camp. Uh As a counselor? No, as a student. Wait, at what age? This was in high school. I'm I'm explaining the... You're going backwards. Okay, okay, got it. Went to a theater camp. 
Have you thought of revisiting it while you're up here to feel nostalgia? I think it's farther away. And okay. no. Okay. Because I was in the crucible and I forgot my lines. Which were you Paris? No, I was Deputy Danforth. I was the oh. judge. Okay, yeah. I've heard a lot of like stern men. Huh. Peter and Zeus story. Uh-huh. Who's like just on the bench listening? The Interesting. Way. I'd put you as the other one. Well, I audition for the other one. That's who you should be. Right? Yeah. Well, well, you know what you should do. Yeah, I should <laughs> do Little Foxes, but just a solo show of Sue Story. Uh, but I went to theater camp and I met um, my dear best friend Eleanor, and there, and she um, and I were writing. Then Facebook came out for students for like high school students uh-huh. so she lived in New York it was all New York kids and then me from the Midwest my mm-hmm. like bright eyes emo mm-hmm. t-shirt being like I love theater mm-hmm. and we hit it off Facebook came out we remained friends via that and then she invited me to write uh, comedy sketches a few years later after we had like you know seen each other a few times, and I came to her house to write some comedy sketches. In New York? Uh, yeah. And I met her dad, um, who's a painter, and at that time I was smoking a lot of cigarettes. And, Fabulous. Um, he smoked cigarettes, and we would drink wine Wonderful. and start cigarettes, and it was always like, yeah, I'll have some wine, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Music, and I would be wearing these, like, caftans, and he was sure. in... Um, he was in around, you know, the factory and it came Where? Up he's a, he's named What's his name? George Kondo. Got it. And he's hanging in the Met. He's a world-renowned, famous, lovely person. And... She better work. And... Yeah, we hit it off and I would be able to talk about... I studied painting and maybe would talk about things at a relatively surface level. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, if you want to come work for me, it'd be great. So I worked... For him for about a year almost. While writing comedy sketches as well with Eleanor. Uh because then you got into the cabaret. I did I was like art world wearing, you know, painting my nails, having a little mustache and like a little white button up, going around smoking cigarettes. Then we worked for I worked for Kanye West with him. Uh, and then that ended and I was like, okay, that was a beautiful sojourn into the art world. Mm. Um, I've done theater my entire life. Let's see how to make movies. Let me get the grease paint back on. Yeah, so then I... Wait, then make I worked movies? In, yeah, I went into movie production. Uh-huh. Because like, you're like, out. I love theater. Let's make movies. Yeah, I was like, let's see how these things are made. Oof. Uh, the t- I can still... The talent is still somewhere yeah. in there. I haven't yeah. exercised it in a year, right. but it's there. And then I went into movie producing for about a year. Then started working at a music venue, nightclub, vibe place in Brooklyn. This is also New York. This is exactly how New York jobs go. And then I was like, okay, I've been doing too many drugs. Work. I'm a little lost mentally. Yeah. Um, Still confused gender-wise. Uh, sex, sex, all wise. Then I was like, I did Second City when I was in Chicago as a kid. Mm. I am still in the mindset of an institutional environment. Let's do the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Love them. 
because um, I was doing performance art things. Sure. But I was like, this isn't fun. I was like, this is not, well, first of all, like paying. I was like, where is the showbiz no. part of this that I crave? So I did UCB. Showbiz and part I of this. Met, I love that. Yeah. Met <laughs> friends and then got into cabaret a few years ago. I feel like UCB is really good for that. And I've also seen UCB really help people who are performance artists, but I'd also say comedians. And there's a wider range, and especially how and how and where comedy opened up. And like, if I think about the 70s, and then I think it got a little, it had a a while of being more tamed out. And I feel we're back actually in a more, um, I would again say that we're having, it seems anyway, that categories are breaking down, which is great. I love, I like that. I want categories to break down between these things. Cause it's really, I want people to have catharsis. Yeah. And I don't think that happens That's in a categorical structure. That's why I've been for so long. Yeah. So I was like, I am seeking catharsis. Yeah. Not just laughter. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we also know what it is to just be laughed at right. as queers. So it's like, that's not really what I'm looking for. Right. And I refused to call myself a comedian right. for a long time. Do you know? Yeah. Is that in your bio thing? Is it a kind of... I yeah, because I like do comedy club well, and you're funny. Engagements. And I think, funny. and what's hard, and I mean, Jen Harris and I have talked about this a lot, is comedy is really hard to do actually well. I mean, it's, it, it requires someone who understands tragedy and death. Of course, which I do not fear. No. And that's what enables uh, comedy to happen because you're actually able to, you have a broader context and that's what makes great comedy. And however, it's always written off as something, as that the serious, self-serious things are, you know, quote unquote important. That's why I didn't call myself that for because I was like, I'm not a stand-up comedian. Right. I don't think I am, I'm not like, let me tell you my, oh, my very, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. You need to hear my story. Milo said that urgent thing last night, which was funny. That was so amazing. For the folks at home, last night, the cast of Peter Pan at the Bard Spiegel tent had a gorgeous uh, Neverland cabaret. It was celebratory. It was celebratory. Talk about catharsis, honey. It was a really lovely cast party yeah. we had. Um, but Milo, who plays Toodles, the Lost Boy, said... In he was doing, yeah, and he had a, a, it was a ukulele kind of song that was so incredible. So people with, people telling urgent stories goes, don't have... People who have urgent stories don't have the means to tell them. People who have the means to tell stories don't have urgent stories to tell. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not a stand-up comedian. You don't need to hear, like, my two cents on, because right. we don't need to see. I was just, you know, whatever. Um, also had not come to full understanding of my whatever spectrum in general. Do you feel that, that you to talk about And do you about. even feel that that's for you personally, do you feel that that's something that you desire that you want to come to a, an understanding of my identity, your 
sex and gender identity? Um, uh, my brain in general is really, you know, whitewater rapids. And Fierce. show business is also whitewater rapids. I agree. And in today, what, did you ever watch Project Runway? Yeah. What does she say? Did today's something. But tomorrow you're out. Oh, I wish I could remember. Reed loves that show, so he'll chime in, hopefully. Out. As we say in fashion, one day you're in, the next you're out. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think watching enough, coming to terms as a young person Mm -hmm. with show business being up and down. Big time. And being like, that's the run. Mm-hmm. Things change fast. I mean, honey, do they ever? So they to have that fast. with my identity and having applying that, I don't know, peace of mind to that and saying mm-hmm. like none of this is concrete. I'm more into that. I'm definitely, and I'm older than you. <laughs> but you saw pictures of me when I thought I was a woman. And they're gorgeous. <laughs> I mean, and, and I was like, and you are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, uh, yeah, I, I, honey, they are exquisite. Definitely serving absolute Tilda. And um, yeah, I mean, I feel, I remember when I was, I got, Martha Graham wrote a, I had a biography, an autobiography called Blood Memory. And there's a part in it early on where she's talking about, I think it's Empedocles, who says, for I, and I'm gonna misquote this, everybody, but it's, for I am now, Air Ben, a boy, a girl, uh, a fox, a cat, a dumb fish in the sea. And this idea as, you know, when we joke around and say we contain multitudes, mm-hmm. but in actuality, and I feel artists, that is where art steps in, is to help dismantle all of the categories that actually separate us, that create further isolation, depression, mm-hmm. uh, suicidality, or in the other direction, violence to w- and war. You know, this is mine and that's yours and you stay over there. And I, you know, I guess my my hope is that people can feel strong enough in the in their sense of love and uh and intuition and intellect that we can just keep letting go mm-hmm. that's my i don't need to find a concrete um identity to stand on but i do want to get rid of the coping mechanisms I learned from being confused about it. Mm, that's yep. the thing. That I think, and that I think is fierce. That's and I, the mission. But I, and I think that that is for everyone what their uh, journey into adulthood is. Yeah. Because it's always those coping things that is what, um, they, they don't, then we're not responsible yeah. to other people or, I mean, it's been wild doing the show and having former, like students of mine who just graduated it is about, well, what are we, how are, what do we give back? Like, what are we being? And, mm-hmm. but that is about being, you know, a responsible person. And that is where those coping things can get in the way for sure. Um, as we're, we're going to like finish this show in a matter of days, how have you liked dancing with me? I love dancing with you. I, I love, love dancing. I also do, I mean, I hate, well, I don't hate, I also do 
burlesque style stripping at this. I have to come see it. It's, I call it, what did I call it? Fosse rage stripping? It's less. Uh, I mean, Fosse has a lot of rage, so well, if you're gonna dial. That's why I did it. I mean, there's that broken whatever thing. Well, it's also, I mean, he had such an amazing way of using uh, symbols and. Uh, it, it, he's a genius. I mean, Graham and Fosse, Balanchine, Robbins, I mean, honey. Really, yeah, incredible. Anyhow, so you have. Uh, I want to come and see that. So you have a burlesque. Yeah, it's uh, act. Yeah. Acts. Have you ever done anything oh, with Julia Muse? Maybe. I love her. I I've only her. done one burlesque in my entire life, and I did it on a shared bill with Julie. I've got it. We read. We need to have Julia Muse on here. But anyhow, so you're also doing that. So you do. You said, but you said you love and hate burlesque. Do you also? Kind of- um, no, I think it's uh, the same feeling I had with comedy for a while, mm. which is right. just like me being like, I'm not like the other right, people, right. but right, it's right. like you know, you are, mm-hmm. but you just are not confident in what you know you can do yet. Mm. Yeah. But you're still, I've been still doing it, but I'm like, that wasn't great, but I'll get better. But right. thanks for buying the tickets and you watching yeah. me make these mistakes. So that's it. But really, my stripping style is usually involve a lot of rage and less like art of the tease, more like how mundane can I just take this shirt off? So an internal rage, it's more icy, or are you like thrashing those clothes off thrashing of you? Thrashing clothes. Oh. But uh, that does not sound lost. mundane to me. It's just uh, kind of off. Usually, the beat, the rhythm is mm-hmm. not. You know, I am also. It's also the venue that I perform in, mm-hmm. which is the Slipper Room, which is predominantly classic, gorgeous, ten thousand dollar gown burlesque. Ladies. I am aware of the Slipper Room. Do you have ever seen Rose Wood perform? Oh yeah. So when I was. Struggling to figure some things out, I really had to. I had to walk away into a a, a a lonely part of the woods for a moment. I had no money and no work, and I worked with Rosewood refinishing furniture. Wow! In her studio. That's how I got into taking my clothes off. It's not having any money. Oh well, there you go. Because it pays. There you go. It pays. That's well, but and Rose, I've seen a slipper room. I've seen Rose close it out. Yeah. Um, well, you're, I mean, an exciting dancer to watch. You are kind of a Nomi Malone story. Because, you know, they say, well, what classes has she had? And someone says... I don't know who Nomi Malone is. Showgirls, Elizabeth Berkeley. Oh. <laughs> when they're like, when they're like, uh, whatever she's got, she didn't get from classes. You know, it's like, she prowls. You know, it's really... You should go back. But, go back to it. But movement, mm-hmm. capital M. Mm-hmm. Movement. Um, when I did theater as a kid, that was always I was lucky to have directors who were who wanted you to move. Well, and all and we do exercises that I was like, oh, there is an ethereal. Yes, let's enter the mind and become. This. I mean, any of the choreography that fortunately got to remain in this show that I gave you and Aaron and some of the others. It's like you. It's been such a pleasure to watch you do it. I love watching you and Aaron and Peter Peter. It's just 
I really don't sing it. I, I, it gets stuck in my head forever. So when we leave here, what do you go back to do? You're gonna do bongo. Back to the throw pit. You're, back to being a nobody prowl in the streets. <laughs> I will do my lovely bongo hour at the slipper room with uh-huh. my lovely, lovely Sandy Honig and Ben K. Moss. Um, and we do that. I will do, uh, I'll be doing comedy shows. Um, yeah, it's, um, are you excited? A little tour. A tour? Of the bongo hour. To where? Maybe Chicago, Philadelphia, uh-huh. Los Angeles. Do you know people there? I know people in Chicago because a lot of people I went to high school with that. Now own bars? I don't. <laughs> keep in touch with, uh-huh. but have access to their Facebooks. Uh-huh. There you so go. I can invite them to, you know, buy a ticket. Uh, Philadelphia, no, I mean, I don't know. Just needing to do something. I have nothing, and I have no jobs planned. And that is And everyone needs to see you. That's driving me crazy, having nothing on the books. Having done a, you don't get jobs that last this long. You and don't. it's not even that long. It's like three months. Oh, this was long though, you know? It's long. It was very long. Um, but you said August, what did you say August shouldn't belong to anybody but you? August needs to just I think so for me. be off. August is, you know, T.S. Eliot said April is the cruelest month, but I'd counter that with it could be August. And My birth month. I didn't know My golden us. birthday is this year. Uh, will you please invite me to your birthday party? Yeah, I think we're going to go to Lady Gaga's dad's Trotteria on the Upper West Side called Joanne. That's really intense. Well, I can do my Lady Gaga monologue whilst there. I want to get like a residency there, like a kind of a like lounge act. You should. You know, with a speaker and a track in the corner. I mean, I'd also love to see you at a place like the Carlisle or, you know, I really think you could, you can do it. Um, The Carlisle is like the pub, you know. Have you ever done a Joe's Pub moment? Mm-mm. Hmm. Well, Aaron and I- like to be in a play. You want to be in a play? A play at the public. Because you love theater. I do. Uh-huh. I like star- That's why doing comedy shows I hated for so long. Mm-hmm. Because I like having a show mm-hmm. that is over an hour long, mm-hmm. that starts and then it just goes and you have to like track the whole thing. Well, and you're a very good thing. actor. I really enjoy acting with you. I, I do think that you are, are very good at that. I mean, it makes me want to write a play for you then. I think that's very, I feel very specific about August. what kind of, I know, I should you can get on it. Um, I mean, I do, I just, I, I'm, I love you and Aaron so much. I mean, Aaron and I already, I already knew them and we were already tight and it's been so wonderful getting to know you. What is that from? Getting to know? Getting to know everything about you. King and I? Uh, maybe. Getting to know. I think so. I think so. That's my guess. Um, well, your Leo birthday's coming up. Oh, Virgo. God, that's right, you're a Virgo. I never want to pin that on you. Mm-hmm. Because you just don't... I'm messy. You are. Our workstations have been totally messy. I'm messy. I am earthy, though. You are an earth mother. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Mm-hmm. I will say that, definitely. But like, kind of dirty earth mother. 
Like yeah. a Seragina from uh, Eight and a Half, if you've seen Fellini's Eight and a Half. I would hope people have. But again, if you haven't, like I said earlier about Showgirls, look it up. Um, your friend is here, so we're gonna okay. we're gonna end this out so that you can see your friend and go and eat, and then tomorrow we'll come and do these shows, finish this thing up. Um, let's do. Oh, you know, I do like that Jen Harris. I was on Jen Harris and Jeff Hiller's podcast called Touche, and I think they have they have this question, which is like, you know, what do you like a five year plan kind of mm. or. What do you see for yourself in the future? Maybe sort of like putting that out into the podcast as like a secret. Like I don't believe in the secret or that kind of spiritual materialism. Well, but I believe that it is bad. For me, I'm always like, if I say it, it won't happen. Oh, there you go. So let's not say it. Yeah, but five years, I don't know. Uh, would love to be on a television show. I think that's it, right? I think I want to be writing it, and I want you to be on it. I would love to be... I'm going to keep it vague and say I'd love to be paid by a television show. Right. Paid by a television show. Right, because you could also be to writing do, it. I just get, you know, a check from a television show. I mean, I do kind of feel like... Who knows? Maybe, maybe this next venture is like, I'll be calling you as, we, as I drive from my place in Venice to your place in Malibu. Uh, California is on my horizon. I will say that. I mean, you... For the folks at home, California, I will I be... I can see it. I will be dying in California. I can see it. I can see it Actually, for you. Actually, probably Montana, though, on a bed. That's horrible. Don't put that out there. I don't want to think about that. I'll probably die in Montana. And then be airlifted to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Oh. <laughs> well... That's not five-year plan. That's my death plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put that way, way in the future. That I, mean, I can definitely tell everybody because I know that's what's going to happen. Well, you need a whole lot more of you, Peter Smith. All right. Um, all right, Reed. Well, I hope you enjoyed listening. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed listening. Thank you for having me. Oh, Peter, thank you for doing it. Thank you, Reed, for listening. Listening and saying whatever it is you're going to say. Um, and... Yeah, I will definitely have to see you when this is over. I'm not that way on every project, but I'll... Um, you'll have to. I'll miss you. Well, and also now I have that poster that also hangs in your lover's apartment, so I'm gonna, you oh, know... Oh, right, yeah. It's Mon like... Trichier. Yes! I mean, it's, it's really... I can't wait to get back to it. Back to the city. All right, everybody. We loves you. Take care. And don't forget, be smart and be kind. Good morning. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, Jack. Good morning, Peter. What did that sound like? Maybe it's that, um, like the good night, um, the way that Dr. Large says goodbye, or good, good, <laughs> it's the word, says good night to the orphans in the Cider House Rules. Good night, you princes of Maine, you kings of New England, whatever. Um, hello. I so enjoyed listening to the interview with Peter Smith. I wrote several post-it notes of notes, front and back, and I'm just going to go through them chronologically, because God knows my brain hasn't retained anything after a full night's sleep. 
I had some dreams, and I didn't retain those either, so don't worry, I won't tell you about them. So, uh, Montana. Montana's gorgeous, so I get it. I understand why Peter's parents want to be there. It's big sky country, wild horses, pink clouds, giant mountains. It's beautiful. That house sounds crazy, with a cardboard door next to a hot tub. So, hot, hot steaming liquid next to paper product. And we know what happens when you do that, so. Oh, I'm going to skip that one. I'm just going to skip it. Well, it says hot teachers. I started to think, I guess I'm not skipping it. I started to think about um, this teacher from Interlochen, uh, Mr. Early, who's the advanced math teacher. I don't know if he was hot, but he did help me pass that course, um, which I probably shouldn't have. I did not understand trigonometry. Um, someone from Wisconsin said to Jack as a child, Yaova, as if to to end his life, maybe. But another person who says Yaova is a woman who does or used to work in the SAB slash Juilliard cafeteria, which is not an all you can eat cafeteria. It's a pay by product cafeteria, and she her job was to calculate your your meal and to let you know whether or not the what you got fit into your meal plan and she would rather than explain things fully she would just look at your food and say yeah over so that was fun i was reminded of that um peter did drag at his fifth grade talent show or seventh grade talent show or something and when I was at the American Boy Choir School, during, like, the final weekend, parents would be there and we would have a talent show. I mean, which is redundant. Talent abounded. Um, but my friend Timothy Fallon and I did a pairs skating routine um, on bricks. But we, uh, we, I wore, we both wore red turtlenecks and I wore a straight skirt and Tim wore, um, pants, but I, we asked the tour manager, Allison Hankinson, if we could borrow one of her wigs for me to wear. And she agreed. And now when I think back, I can't even believe that we asked, asked her. It seems so rude, but she was, she was game. Um, 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 um. Uh, Peter watched Tu Wong Fu in kindergarten. That seems like a lie and also made me feel old. Okay? Because of the year he was in kindergarten. Two. Peter's parents do sound fun, despite the Republican tendencies. And, um... Uh, their dad is gay. I think. I don't know. That's presumptuous, but I mean, you know. I think Peter and I have chemistry. That's what I felt in some form. I think we had a nice time chatting whenever we'd walk by each other on the Bard campus. It was a kind of, maybe it was friendistry. It was friendistry. <clears throat> Jack, you were a really good listener with Peter, I must say. You do a very good job. When um, you know the people well, they're your friends. It was great. Peter is indeed very tall, and it was a shock. 
when I got to Bard College, and I was expecting to see a small person, based on the photos from pictures and things. Um, Peter took some beginner ballet at Alvin Ailey, and Jack said two classes is enough, and that makes sense. That tracks for Jack. Jack will announce that he's trained in a technique after two classes. He absorbs things fully and quickly. Um, you, uh, ugh. What was that about? Oh, Peter said you invented it when you guys were talking about theater camp. I thought that was the best line of the podcast. You invented it, theater camp. Hilarious. I can't believe you haven't heard of Stage Door Theater Camp. Even I have. And you know my feelings on musical theater. I don't think... Well, you know when we were at Interlochen, they didn't have a musical theater program outside of the summer camp. And I still disagree with them having that musical theater program at the academy. I have... I would say I have mixed feelings about musical theater, but um, the good feelings in that mix are few and far between. <gasps> Excuse me. I didn't like the section where you guys talked about smoking cigarettes with George Kondo because the idea of indoor smoking gives me a lot of anxiety. Um, so I didn't like that. Uh, New York jobs. Peter had some some wild jobs. And f Jack, for you to say that that's what New York jobs are like, I mean, for Peter, that's not... I mean, what did he say? He was like, I was a famous, famous artist assistant, and we would have talks and smoke, and then I decided to become a movie producer... That's not, that's not regular. Most people are like, I catered and then I served, you know, I was a waiter. <clears throat> um, and when he talked about uh, taking off his clothes for money, I, I related. I used to take off my clothes for money, but as a figure model. Just not a, not a performative um, strip. Unless you really wanted it to. I mean, if you have been in a class where Burr Johnson is figure modeling, then you've seen a performative figure model, a performative sitting, one might say. Um, it's no surprise that Milo is wise and a genius. I also loved walking by Milo on the campus. I loved making eyes with him and chatting with him. And, um, you know, we were all in on the joke. Everybody was in on the joke, and that felt good. I'm really glad that you figured out what Heidi Klum says on Project Runway. Um, as they say in fashion, one day you're in and one day and the next. Oh, God. One day you're in and the next day you're out. Uh, we really do need to have Julie Atlas Muse on the podcast. Um, 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 Peter admits to not... Oh, Peter essentially admitted to have never seen he, he didn't he's never seen showgirls um because he didn't he's never heard of Nomi Malone even I knew that um lying 
Or who knows? Maybe he forgot. Although his memory seems pretty airtight. Twice in the last week, I've heard people say that as watertight or waterproof as a frog's ass. I'd never heard that before, and I don't know if that's a biological phenomenon. Listeners, let us know. I will watch a TV show that Peter's on if he manages to pull that together. Jack, write a show for him. I ran into Jeremy yesterday. It was so nice. We chatted on a corner. I explained to him about having been very cranky on Sunday before the whole Helsinki debacle. Not because of, but because of just listening to NPR and watching people flip out about the World Cup. I don't know. I guess that's it. I don't know. Um, Things I do know are that I saw Paddington too, and it was really good. And I love British actors. I like that they're all in all the British movies. I love that. It's like they're a theater company. And Hugh Grant is in Pat, Pat, Pat Paddington, and he's so good. And then I finished the London, a very gay London, British scandal movie with Ben Wishaw and Hugh Grant, and it got good. I must say, I know it didn't start well, but by the end, I was like, this is a good show. This is a good show. Um, I also saw Sorry to Bother You, which was very... It was good. It was peculiar. And then it got, it lost me at the end. Um, Army Hammer at one point says to the main character, he says, we're going to make you the equine sapien Martin Luther King Jr. And a woman in the audience without hesitation just screamed out, what? And uh, that really made me laugh. That was really, her timing was impeccable. Um, Wyatt and I have now twice gone to the pool in at the Parks and Recreation Center during open hours where people swim across the width of the pool. And we just chat and walk the width and back and doggy paddle. And it's exhausting, which is good. It's exercise for me. And we talk up a storm. Um, and then what else happened? I took Cunningham class again, and Jen Goggins taught, and it was great. She's so extraordinary. She's extraordinary. Um, I guess, I guess that's all I have to tell you. The second Elena Ferrante Neapolitan novel just got really upsetting, and anyways. I miss you, Peter. You were a great interview. You guys did a wonderful job. I'm so sad I wasn't there for it. I'm sad we didn't pull it together whilst I was at board college. (laughs) Um, I'm going to really get my day started. I'm going to go uptown and buy some some supplies, some sharp blades for our rotary cutters. We loves you.